Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Nisa. Welcome to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the story of the shocking murder of Andreen McDonald. Andreen Nicole McDonald met her husband, Andre McDonald, in Jamaica in 2009. When the two met, Andreen was about 10 years younger than Andre. And even though there was an age gap, they were excited about starting a life together and creating a family. They eventually moved to the United States together and got married. Although her home country was Jamaica, she was looking forward to starting a new chapter in her life in a new country with her new husband. Andre was a major in the Air Force and the couple was stationed in Florida. After their time in Florida, Andre was then sent to Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. So the couple made another move together and really began to settle down in this new city. And soon after moving, the couple welcomed a daughter. Although their daughter's name has been made public, I don't feel comfortable giving out her name, and so I won't be using her name throughout this episode. So after settling down in Texas and beginning their family, Andrean accomplished one of her big goals. She earned a degree from UTSA, the University of Texas at San Antonio. Soon, the married couple opened a home health business, which Andreen managed. And for years, the McDonald family seemed happy. Andreen and Andre were loving towards one another, and they were focused on raising their blossoming daughter and creating a life and nurturing their business in San Antonio. But no one would have guessed what would happen next. 29-year-old Andreen McDonald disappeared from her home sometime around 6.30 p.m. on February 28, 2019. However, I do want to note that some reports say that Andreen was last seen around midnight on the 28th. It is possible that she left her house in the evening and was seen by someone later that night at midnight. However, this isn't made clear in any reports. When Andreen failed to show up at her gym and her job, her absence concerned her friends. When her friends tried to reach out to her, it was clear to them that her phone had been turned off. Concerned by this behavior, which seemed unusual, a friend stopped by the McDonald home to speak with Andreen's husband, Andre, to see if he knew where she could be or why she wasn't around. When the friend visited the house, no one was home, so she let herself in and walked to the primary bedroom. And what she found there really troubled her. She saw in the bedroom that there was blood on a light switch. Immediately, the friend became concerned and phoned Andreen's mother, Maureen Smith. After finding the blood, the friend felt that it was really important that Andreen's mother get involved. The friend drove to pick up Andreen's mother and take her back to the McDonald home. The friend wanted to show Maureen the 
bloody light switch. And after Maureen saw the light switch, she called the local police to report her daughter missing. Soon after Andrine was reported missing, Andre showed up at the house while the friend and Maureen were still there. When asked where Andrine was, Andre told them that he had no idea where she could be. He also said that he was going to check a nearby hospital to see if Andrine could possibly be there. But despite these efforts, Andrine was still nowhere to be found. The Bexar County Sheriff's Office was in charge of investigating Andrine McDonald's disappearance. And according to the sheriff, Javier Solazar, when deputies reached out to question Andre about his wife's possible disappearance, Andre almost immediately asserted his rights to remain silent and to contact his lawyer. And this behavior from Andre raised flags to police. Although it's not inherently wrong or bad to assert your rights, it is definitely a little sketchy given he's not yet been placed under arrest and the police were simply asking questions about his wife and where he thinks she could be. Also, you would think this man would be more concerned about helping the police because he can't find his wife and he just wants to get her back home safely. If he's silent, he can't help police track down his wife and bring her home. And police were thinking the same thing. It wasn't the fact that Andre asserted his rights that caused a problem with police. According to Sheriff Solazar, it was, quote, the fact that he didn't seem to care very much at all that his wife was missing, and the fact that he just flat out refused to help us find her, end quote. So, because of some of those red flags, police kept tabs on Andre's whereabouts. Deputies set up surveillance of Andre McDonald the day after his wife was reported missing. And during surveillance, authorities followed Andre to a gun store, where he was observed buying a gun and ammunition. But strangely, Andre then left the store in a hurry, leaving the gun and his ID behind. According to the sheriff, authorities were initially concerned about Andre McDonald's mental health, so they took him into custody for an evaluation. I have this feeling that police possibly thought from the start that Andre hurt his wife, and then, scared of getting caught, bought a gun to potentially end his own life. This is not explicitly stated, but it's the only dots I could connect from them witnessing him purchase a gun so soon after his wife went missing, to then assume he was struggling with his mental health. After taking Andre in for evaluation, the police obtained a search warrant for the McDonald's home, where investigators found possible evidence, including blood, in plain view. In the search, authorities found something else. They recovered a torn-up receipt from March 2nd, 2019 that listed items including an axe, a shovel, two five-gallon containers of gasoline, a burn barrel, and trash bags. And this paraphernalia made police suspicious of Andre. To them, these materials were potentially used to dispose of a body. When police looked for these items around the house, they actually found them inside Andre's Porsche Mackin, which was parked outside of the family home. Not to mention, according to Sheriff Solazar, quote, there was quite a bit of effort that went into destroying that receipt to try to prevent us seeing where it was purchased and when it was purchased, end quote. And because Andre had tried to destroy the receipt, which was technically evidence, it led police to obtain an arrest warrant for Andre McDonald for the charge of tampering with evidence. So Andre was arrested for evidence tampering and taken into custody in March 2019 and held in the Bexar County Jail on a $2 million bond. At this point in the investigation, Andrine's husband, Andre, was not charged with her disappearance or presumed murder, but he was definitely a suspect. In response to him becoming a suspect, Andre said, quote, I love my daughter. I love my family. That's it. But of course, his statement was not a 
flat-out denial of his responsibility in his wife's disappearance. Ever since Andreen was reported missing, Andre was reportedly not cooperative with police. He has been described by police as a very intelligent person, but he was also supposedly treating his wife's disappearance and the investigation as a game. And I can very much see how police came to this conclusion about Andre McDonald. From the very beginning, it seems like Andre didn't take his wife's disappearance very seriously, and it seems like he wasn't at all interested in finding her. And for Andrine's family, the hope that Andrine was safe and that one day she would return was dashed, because a few months after her husband's arrest, Andrine McDonald's remains were found. They were found six miles away from her home on July 11, 2019. The owner of a 50-acre property near Bulverde, Texas, asked a friend to remove two cow skulls. When the man went to where he knew one of the skulls was located, he found what appeared to him to be a human skull and bones, and it looked like the remains were commingled with the remains of the cow. When investigators arrived at the site to examine the remains, they were astonished by what they saw. From what they saw, investigators believed that Andre tried to hide Andrine's body with the remains of the dead cow so they wouldn't be found. A search warrant affidavit said, quote, The human remains appear to have been covered with wood and bones from a nearby deceased cow and set on fire. At the time of recovering Andrine's remains, detectives were unsure of what the motive for her murder could have been. Despite this, though, her husband, Andre McDonald, was charged with first-degree murder. It had been a few months since the first arrest in connection with this case. After being arrested for evidence tampering, Andre was placed on house arrest with a GPS monitor, so that meant they had to arrest Andre at his home. An affidavit that detailed what led to Andre's arrest shed more light on what was initially found in the McDonald family home after Andreen was reported missing. Here's what was detailed in the affidavit. Detectives found clothing that appeared to be worn or used and a claw hammer with brush or woody plant debris in a trash can. They also found a pair of blue jeans in the laundry room that had the blood of both Andreen and her husband on it. In a search of the home, deputies also found a red stain on a light switch in the master bedroom. There was also the discovery of a burn pile in the backyard that was allegedly used to destroy papers. The affidavit also suggests that Andre McDonald's story about his wife's whereabouts was something that tipped police off in a major way. And this is because Andre's story kept changing. After his wife disappeared, Andre initially told deputies that his wife was being treated at the Baptist Emergency Hospital, but later he claimed that he didn't know where she was and that they had an argument the night before she vanished. At a news conference about the new development in Andrine's case, the arrest of Andre, the Bexar County Sheriff said, quote, Andrine's eight-year-old autistic daughter may have witnessed her mother's death. I am still of belief this little girl witnessed at least some things in connection with the death of her mom, end quote. And if this is true, this is so heartbreaking. I can't imagine how scared and confused their daughter must have been, witnessing her own father kill her mother. She must have been terrified. Okay, so now let's get into the trial of Andre McDonald. I won't be recapping the whole trial, but I will be highlighting Andre's testimony, in which he describes the events as they happened according to him. The trial began in January 2023. On day six of the trial, Andre took the stand in his own defense. I want to note that eventually, Andre did admit to having killed his wife, but he was claiming self-defense all the way. 
Andre gave his testimony for more than four hours. He began by talking about his marriage with Andrine. Andre characterized his marriage as loving and good. But soon, his testimony began to go more in-depth about that night when Andrine was killed. He said that what began as a loving marriage all changed when he discovered his wife was having an affair, and that she tried to start a business only in her name. He testified that he had recently discovered Andrine was in communication with a previous boyfriend from Jamaica. He also testified that he noticed during a visit to a local H&R block that some paperwork for construction for an assisted living facility didn't include his name, but both of their assets were funding the business. He said, quote, that meant to me that she was robbing me. It's not every day you find out your wife is ripping you off. According to Andre, that night at their home, Andrine was angry after he came to her, saying he was going to file for divorce. He claimed that she yelled insults in Jamaican Patois, some insults that allegedly were meant to attack his sexuality. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And he also claimed that Andrine spit in his face. He told the jury that during the verbal altercation, he made a comment about splitting up the business in the divorce, which only made Andrine more upset. He repeatedly insisted during his testimony that his efforts to de-escalate the situation went nowhere. And then he said their arguing turned into a physical fight. He claimed that during the physical fight, he grabbed her as a reflex to defend himself. On the stand, he said he thinks he remembered grabbing her head and hitting his own head against hers, which left an open wound on Andrine's head, a wound that Andrine went into the bathroom to check. He claimed that this is how the blood got on that light switch. He went on to say that after Andrine saw the damage he had done, she essentially charged at him from across the bedroom and began attacking him. 
He alleged that during this time, he was defending himself, claiming he never really fought before, that he normally works with computers, and so he was just doing whatever he could instinctively to defend himself against her. Essentially, he was trying to paint himself as this weak man and totally inept at physical fighting. He claimed that while she was hitting him, he crouched down and tried to protect his head and face. During his testimony, Andre would frequently reference Andrine's height, suggesting that he had to protect himself because she was taller than most women. He also said on the stand that he remembered grabbing Andrine at some point and tripping her with his legs, and that when she was finally down on the ground, he kicked her twice. He insisted that he only kicked her twice, though he couldn't remember where he kicked her exactly. He said after the second kick, he thought he heard her wheezing. He said he thought he simply knocked the wind out of her. But when he walked over and came closer to her, he realized Andrine was not moving. He claimed that the fight between the two only lasted about a minute or so. Around the same time as it ended, Andre said he heard the sound of running footsteps, and he discovered that his daughter was out of bed. He said he then went upstairs to take his daughter back to bed. Andre said that when he came back to the primary room, he bent down to check Andrine's pulse, and he realized Andrine was not breathing. Andre also gave his testimony on how he got rid of Andrine's body. He said he knew he needed to take care of Andrine's body before his daughter woke up, but he also claimed that he was nervous and frantic the whole time. During testimony, he went into detail about how he placed Andrine's body into plastic bags and then dragged her out of the house. He also described how he managed to get Andrine's body into the trunk of his car. During the testimony, he explained the process of disposing of Andrine's body in that wooded area. When relaying his thought process during the murder, he told the jury that he was thinking, quote, I'll just get her out of the house, and then I'll just pretend I don't know where she is, end quote. He also went on to say how, quote-unquote, it was quite a hassle. So, killing his wife, getting rid of her body, and then covering it up was just such an inconvenience, but somehow, he was able to still schedule it in. He also talked about how he saw that dead cow in the woods and decided to dispose of his wife's body there. He said he removed Andrine's body from the bags and he thought about leaving her body there as is. However, he claimed that for some reason, and he can't remember why, but he had this quote-unquote weird idea that he should remove her clothes from her body. But I personally doubt he doesn't remember why he did this. I think he did this so that there would be less evidence to trace back to him, because there was probably his DNA on her clothes. Finally, during his testimony, he regaled the jury with a monologue of how he feels like the victim in this case. On the stand, he said, quote, No, I don't think I was guilty, but knowing, like, the circumstance, there's obviously a dead person in your house, and you're the only adult there, end quote. Here's more of his self-pity. Quote, I'm feeling really sad at the same time I'm also like, why me? Why me? I'm just thinking my life is freaking over, and my daughter's life is probably over too. At that point, I was just mad at the person that I believed had caused this whole situation and destroyed all of our lives. What about, I'm devastated that my wife is dead? What about, I feel guilty for taking my daughter's mother away from her? Instead, he made it all about him and how this horrible thing happened to him due to misfortune, like he had no role in his wife's murder. Unfortunately, the testimony doesn't end there. It just gets worse. He admitted to going back to the body and setting it on fire. He said the reason he went back to set the body on fire was because he was angry. He said, quote, 
The pity kind of went away, and now it was just like pure rage and anger. End quote. He then went into greater detail about how he physically expressed his rage towards Andrine's body. However, I'm not going to burden you with such graphic imagery. If you want to know for yourself, you can go looking for his testimony. It's out there, but I won't be including the absolute brutality of what Andre did. It makes me so sick, I, I simply won't do it. So, moving on, Andre was questioned on the stand about the items he purchased two days before Andrine's murder. His response to this was, quote, I got up that morning, referring to the morning he purchased those items, with the intention of chopping the body up and setting it on fire and burying the bones. The night before, I didn't have plans on getting rid of a body. I was just angry at the body. The morning, I was trying to get rid of the body. End quote. Andre was also asked why he bought a handgun two days after his wife's death, to which he responded, quote, With all the situations of folks accusing me of stuff, my point was to get a firearm for protection. And when questioned about why he had hundreds of Google searches about how dead bodies compose, he said, quote, a lot of this stuff is like curiosity, end quote. Finally, Andre was asked why he waited four years to finally confess. And he said he waited because when he got arrested, he wanted to wait for court to tell his story. He said he waited because he didn't trust police or the DA to not twist his words and use his own words against him. So he said that he decided waiting until court to tell his truth was what was best for him. The time finally came for the jury to deliberate Andre McDonald's fate. The jury had the choice to consider murder or manslaughter in its deliberations. After almost 11 hours of deliberations, the jury sent a note to the judge, indicating that they couldn't make a decision on the verdict. District Court Judge Frank Castro told the state and the defense he was going to read the Allen charge to them, which the defense objected to, asking for a mistrial. However, the judge denied the mistrial request, and he began to read the jurors the Allen charge. The Allen charge, for those who may not be familiar, is the judge ordering the jury to continue deliberations. This charge is meant to place further pressure on the jury to come to a unanimous decision. And so about 90 minutes after the charge was read to the jury, Andre McDonald was found guilty on the lesser charge of manslaughter. Andre McDonald elected the judge to ultimately decide his sentence. Andre was potentially facing a maximum punishment of 20 years in prison. After the verdict was read, the Bexar County Sheriff Javier Solazar did something I've never heard of before. He gave Andrine's father a gift, the handcuffs that were used on Andre McDonald as he was escorted back to jail following the verdict. The sheriff said it was a token of appreciation for everything the family had endured. The prosecution advocated for the max sentence afforded under manslaughter, emphasizing Andre McDonald's lack of remorse demonstrated after he killed Andrine and his many attempts to cover up his tracks. On the other hand, the defense cited Andre McDonald's clean military and criminal record prior to Andrine's death, while also pointing out his quote-unquote act of compassion by establishing a trust fund for his daughter. You know, I personally think the ultimate kindness to their daughter would be to not kill her mother, but okay. Before deciding the sentence, Judge Castro called out Andre's absence of emotion he observed throughout the trial, except when his eyes welled up when his daughter was discussed. And the judge expressed how he found it devastating how McDonald killed Andrine in his daughter's presence. In February 2023, during the sentencing hearing, family and friends of Andrine quietly and briefly rejoiced in the courtroom once Judge Castro announced he would be sentencing Andre McDonald to the maximum 20 years in prison. It turns out Andre McDonald will be eligible for parole 
once he served half of his term. Andrean's father was given the chance to express his feelings to his daughter's killer in an impact statement. He talked about the pain he's felt every day since losing his daughter. And then he said, quote, I just want to say, Andy, I don't know how I'm going to live this out, but I forgive you, and it's your duty to seek God's forgiveness, end quote. Andrine's daughter, while not present in the courtroom, did have a message for her father as well. The court coordinator read the message during victim impact statements, which stated, quote, You killed my mother, took away my life and broke my heart, and hurt my feelings, and you will pay for what you did, and you will be punished forever, end quote. I don't think we will ever truly know what happened to Andrine McDonald. All we have is Andre McDonald's word, and his word is definitely hard to take seriously given everything that's happened, given his story was inconsistent, and given that he did incredibly disturbing and gruesome things to Andrine's body after she was already dead, and after there was no longer any reason to defend himself. I find Andre McDonald to be an incredibly disturbing and sick individual. He seems to be without remorse, and seems to be self-pitying more than anything else. I can't say whether the jury got it right or wrong with this one, as I was not there. I wasn't given the burden of deciding the fate of someone's life. But I do think Andre McDonald is a danger, and at least for a little while, he won't be a danger to society. I feel terribly for Andrine's daughter. The idea that she most likely witnessed, or at least overheard, her mother's murder is heart-wrenching. Like I said before, I can't Imagine how scared and frightened she must have been, not to mention confused and angry. Now she no longer has either one of her parents. I'm glad the family was able to receive justice, and hopefully they feel they can begin the process of grieving. In her victim statement to her father, Andrine's daughter said that her father took away her life and broke her heart, but I hope that one day she feels like she has her life back and that her heart can mend, and that the immense pain that her father caused her will soon be overshadowed by overwhelming love and peace. The end of the episode is here which means it's your opportunity to share your thoughts about the case. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Do you believe any part of Andre McDonald's story about what happened before the murder? What do you think the motive was? And how do you feel about the jury's verdict and the judge's sentencing? Before you go, please like and share this video. Also, if you're not subscribed already, please hit subscribe and stick around. Thanks for watching. I'll see you in the next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.